What's up, you animals? Welcome to the Strength and Conditioning Fireside Chat, where we discuss studies and other publications to build the knowledge needed to take yourself, your athletes, and your business to the next level. This episode, along with every other episode, is brought to you by DefyingGravityPerformance.com. What's up, you dickworms? Welcome back. I'm your host, Tom, reigning from somewhere north of the wall with the wildlings. And uh, we got a big episode, episode four. We got a good topic, something I think is going to uh, ruffle some uh, tail feathers, maybe hurt some feelings. But I think it's a, it's a good topic on supplementation. This is our first episode we're going to talk about supplementation. So the title of this study is no effect of short-term arginine supplementation on nitric oxide production, metabolism, and performance in intermittent exercise in athletes. So obviously, we're going to be talking about arginine, uh, which is a very prominent component in pre-workouts and is used by a lot of gym rats and athletes. Uh, So before we get into it, the authors of this study were Sung Han Lu, and these are, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to wreck these, but I'm going to give them my best shot. Also, Ching Lin Wu, and Che Wei Chang, and Yu Wei Lu, and don't forget Hung Fu Sang, and finally, Chen Kang Cheng. Right? Pretty good. As far as you guys know, I fucking nailed that. So, uh, the background, if you want to look the study up online... It was originally published in the Journal of Nutritional Biochemistry in June 2009, which was Volume 20, Issue 6. And an interesting little fact, it was financially supported by the National Science Council of Taiwan, which I think is really important, especially in studies that that are in regards to supplementation, because you get a lot of biased uh, funding and financing behind a lot of the studies and supplementation because someone's trying to sell you a product. So it's important to know that there's no, there's nobody behind this study with skin in the game, if you will. So why did I want to talk about this study? Well, first and foremost, like I said, arginine is widely used by lots of athletes and also the gen pop, you know, the general population. It's in nearly all the pre-workouts and it's become a selling point for a lot of a lot of companies who are selling their pre-workouts and their nutritional supplementation. So a higher arginine level is a selling point. You know, that's that seems to be a pain point for those buying products is that they want high arginine levels. They want, you know, that nitric oxide production. And getting into this study, it kind of shows that hey, maybe that's not necessarily a selling point or a pain point that's going to be answered for a lot of people by having a product with high arginine levels. Uh, I also wanted to talk about this article because it's interesting that science doesn't support the efficacy of arginine. Science doesn't really show that it's effective for athletes. And this study, even though it was done in 2009, this is kind of 
one of those cornerstone studies that you see referenced all the time in, you know, strength and conditioning publications. And it's always referenced in, you know, it's always in the, the list of references in all other studies in arginine um, research. So it's one of the cornerstone studies. And then finally, I think this study has the potential to save people a lot of money because after hearing this study, if they think that it applies to them or they put validity in the study, then they can avoid arginine. They don't have to go out and pay money for certain pre-workouts that will charge you more because they're high in arginine. They may not go out and have to buy the arginine in bulk, which they may be doing, and they can spend their money elsewhere and find other uh, nitric oxide producing products that will you know, have more of a, a, an effect, if you, if you will. So the thesis to the whole entire study was that arginine does not show improvements in nitric oxide production, metabolism, or performance for highly trained athletes. So that was the thesis going into the study for um, the scientists behind it. Now, before we completely get into the study, we need to really define what is arginine. A lot of people just know it as a, you know, a component of their pre-workout, but they don't necessarily know what it is. So essentially, in layman's terms, it's a substrate for nitric oxide synthesis. So I like to describe it, it's almost like a bonding agent, a glue. You know, it brings the nitric oxide together. So if you have more glue, you have more bonding, essentially, you can get increased nitric oxide production. If you have greater nitric oxide production, you get vasodilation. Now, a lot of people know vasodilation. It's when your, you know, your veins, your your veins relax and they open, and you get that increased blood flow to the muscles, which is prevalent when a lot of people want that when they're in the gym because it just looks great to have all the veins running down your arms. And if you get more blood into the muscles, you're getting more oxygen and fuel into the muscles. But at the same time, you're able to take out a lot more waste and acidity from the muscle, which reduces your mus uh, your muscular fatigue. Now, knowing what arginine is, we can look at some prior studies that are done uh, around arginine before we get into this study that we're going to talk about today. But a, a lot of prior studies have shown that arginine does help those with impairments of nitric oxide production. So that would be people with uh, like hypercholesterolemia, which is obviously hypercholesterolemia, high cholesterol. Arginine has also been proven to impair NO production with people with chronic heart failure. Also, individuals with pulmonary hypertension, which is high blood pressure, which affects your lungs and your arteries. And then uh, also individuals with stable angina pectoris, which is chest pain from not getting enough blood. So if there are individuals with health conditions, arginine has been proven in numerous studies uh, to be beneficial and to, to increase your NO production. And if you have not enough or not sufficient NO production, you're really limiting your exercise capacity. So your, your workload, what you're able to do is highly limited. There is a cap to it. Another previous study on arginine showed that arginine, along with glycine and alpha-ketoisocaproic acid, increased exercise work output. So obviously, if your work output, if you can do more work, if that goes up, inherently your muscular strength and your muscular growth that's going to go up as well i mean that just makes more sense if you can do more you can get more results 
obviously there's a giant limitation to the, to that previous study because there's three different variable co compounds there. There's the arginine, there's the glycine, and then there's the alpha keto isocaproic. I always have to sound that out. Keto isocaproic acid that are all working synergistically to get you that increased work output. So you can't really say arginine did it on itself. Really, what you'd have to do is take that one study, break it up into numerous studies, you know, do arginine by itself, do glycine by itself, do the alpha keto isocaproic acid by itself, and then, you know, mix them together and see where the synergy is coming from. So there is a limitation there, but, but that has been shown um, if arginine is stacked with other compounds that it can actually be beneficial in muscular strength and, and growth. Another previous study, and one I'm going to reference later on, and, and you'll understand why, is there, they, they did a study around marathon runners, and they gave the marathon runners 15 grams of arginine uh, per day for 14 days prior to actually running a marathon. They, you know, they followed the blood work, they followed their performance and, and how they did in training and on the day of the run. And the arginine supplementation did absolutely nothing for these individuals. And keep in mind, these are highly trained individuals, which is something we're going to come back on again later. And finally, the, the last previous study I want to talk about on arginine is that previous studies have shown that arginine can improve your exercise capacity by altering your accumulations of lactate and ammonia. Now, lactate and ammonia is what develops that muscular fatigue. A lot of people will think of, you know, that lactic acid buildup is what people will call it. But that's that's your waste that accumulates in your muscles and doesn't allow you to do 500 reps with a certain amount of weight on a certain exercise because you get that lactate buildup. That's your muscular waste. So previous studies have shown that, you know, arginine can reduce your accumulation of that waste and thus reduce your fatigue. If fatigue goes down, you can do more work, your workload goes up. Once again, you have inherently more muscular growth, better performance. But it's important to note that these previous studies that showed this were actually done on untrained individuals, so not true athletes. So after all that jib-jabbing, 10 minutes worth. Let's get into this study that we're going to talk about today. And this study had a sample size of 10. So there was 10 male college judo athletes. And the, the authors of this study, they wanted to try to eliminate as many variables as possible, especially variables around dose, dosing or dosages of the arginine. So they got the 10 individuals, the 10 judo athletes uh, were all male. They were similar in age, which was about 20 years old. They were similar in height, five foot eight, and they were similar in body weight at 161 pounds. There were a couple criteria when they were putting the sample size together and, and choosing individuals that fit it that uh, immediately got individuals eliminated from being part of the study. First one was if they had known cardiovascular disease risk. You can understand why they wanted to eliminate those individuals because plenty of prior studies had already shown that individuals with cardiovascular disease risk just naturally got more benefit from arginine supplementation at those, um, than those who didn't have cardiovascular disease. Second one that got people eliminated were if they had musculoskeletal injuries. The third one was if the individual had taken protein supplementations, uh, supplementation products in the past three months. 
And then finally, the fourth one uh, criteria that got individuals eliminated were if they had abnormally high or low plasma arginine concentrations. So if naturally in their blood they had high or low arginine levels from absolutely no supplementation, then they were eliminated. And you can obviously understand why because that would skew the results. So once they had their 10 athletes, their 10 males, they broke them into two groups. They put five in the arginine trial, and they put five in the placebo trial. The arginine trial, the arginine group, they took six grams of arginine every single day. The placebo group took the starch tablet, so they had no idea what they were taking. They, they just took it, and that's how they compared the results, obviously. They were instructed to continue regular nutritional habits and their training schedule. So they were, they were told not to change anything about the way they you know, currently live before the study. But the one caveat to that was that they wanted the individuals to consume the same food on the day prior to each trial. So the day before every testing period, they wanted them to just eat the same amount of food. And that was just to, once again, eliminate as many variables as possible. So on the day of the trials, the day they were getting tested, they performed intermittent anaerobic exercise. And a lot of us, when we hear that, we think of HIT, H-I-I-T, High Intensity Interval Training. So they did this on a monarch cycle ergometer, which is something I had to Google image because I had no idea what it is. But essentially, it's just a fancy, very expensive stationary bike. And the intermittent um, intensity training, or excuse me, intensity intermittent training was done in 20 seconds of explosive all out exercise followed by 15 seconds of rest. And that was one set. And they would do that 13 times. So 13 sets. And after the ninth set, they would take one minute to rest and also give blood. Now giving blood, this was their blood sampling. This is how they were testing the blood to see, you know, how the arginine was affecting their workouts. And they did a lot of blood sampling in this. So first they did, they took blood from each athlete before working out, during working out, during that one minute rest after the ninth set. And then they took it uh, at intervals after the workout. And they did it immediately after the workout, three minutes after the workout, six minutes after the workout, 10 minutes after the workout, 30 minutes after the workout, and 60 minutes after the workout. So these athletes were giving lots of blood and the scientists, they were just looking to, to see the levels of arginine and citrulline and nitric oxide and, and the waste, just testing that to see how, how it changed and what the curve was, um, as time progressed before, during, and after exercise. So now that the athletes are pretty much bled dry, let's get into the results. And I want to keep it very simple. When they were doing the blood sampling, what the scientists were looking for was the arginine concentrations, which we would expect to go up because obviously they're fucking taking arginine. So you would expect that to be higher. They were looking for nitric oxide concentrations. Well, if arginine's gone up, then arginine being the bonding agent of NO, we would expect the nitric oxide to go up. They were looking for the citrulline concentrations, and citrulline is basically an, another compound that is, does the same thing as arginine. It's a um, another bonding agent, so we probably expect that to go up. 
Another um, thing that the scientists were looking for was lactate concentrations. Once again, lactate is um, a waste product of working out. So once again, if you're you're fully vas if you're you have vasodilation, you're removing waste from the muscles. You would expect that to go be lower for the arginine group. And then they were looking at ammonia concentrations, which just like lactate, you would expect that to be lower. That's waste that causes fatigue in the muscles. So we'd expect arginine, nitric oxide, and citrulline to be higher, and we'd expect lactate and ammonia to be lower um, for the individuals in the arginine group as compared to the placebo group. Well, the results did not show any of that. There was actually no significant difference between the two groups for arginine, nitric oxide, citrulline, lactate, and ammonia levels, which is kind of shocking and goes against everything everyone believes and everything the supplement market wants you to believe about their pro excuse me about their products and about arginine supplementation. Now they didn't just test the blood sampling, they also were looking at performance measurements. So they were looking at the peak power during each set, then they were looking at the average power during each set. Once again, there was no fucking difference. There was jack squat between the placebo group and the arginine group. Both sides had damn near the same peak power. And they average the same power during each set. And they, they show the charts in the study. If you pull it up, you can actually see the graphs. And the lines are almost identical. So not only was there no difference in the blood, in the plasma levels, there was no difference in performance either. So that's the results. I mean, that's the results of this study, straight to the point. So what are the, the big takeaways? And I got three takeaways here. One, arginine did shit for nitric oxide production. Arginine did shit for lactate and ammonia metabolism, so clearing out that, you know, fatiguing waste. Um, and it did shit for improving performance. Now, the caveat to this is that it did shit for nitric oxide production, the clearing out fatiguing waste and improving performance in healthy, highly trained individuals. Keep in mind, these were college students who were highly trained judo athletes. Second takeaway, arginine does have a place for individuals and patients with health conditions. That's just been shown in prior studies. So it's not a complete, you know, bullshit waste of time supplementation or compound. And then finally, the third takeaway is that most popular pre-workouts only have a couple grams of arginine in them. These athletes in this study were taking six grams per day, which most over-the-counter pre-workouts, they don't give you six grams. They give you less than six grams. If you remember, we talked about the marathon runners at the beginning. They were taking 15 grams. So you can see if, if 15 grams did nothing for these athletes, what's a serving of a pre-workout at two grams or three grams going to do? Jack squat. Now, like any other study, of course, there are limitations here. Some limitations that I jotted down was that, once again, these were well-trained athletes. I do like that the study and the scientists pointed out that your body goes through physiological adaptations when you're training. It, it just naturally changes with time. Not only do you get bigger and stronger, but you see a lot of changes internally as well. And one of those changes is that regular training actually increases your natural nitric oxide production. So if you're training a lot, 
as these at these judo athletes were doing and as the marathon runners were doing in the other study they naturally have higher nitric oxide production so that may just negate any effect of arginine but i kind of pose the question is this really a limitation because anyone who's taking arginine anyone who's taking a pre-workout they are most likely going to be trained athletes right or they're at least going to be gym rats the average individual that's never worked out before is most likely not going to be supplementing with arginine or or taking these fancy pre-workouts if they don't even work out, right? Second limitation I saw is that the sample size was obviously really small. This was only, you know, 10 individuals. You'd obviously want to see it on a much bigger scale with a lot more athletes. Third limitation is the exercise protocol, the testing, was only nine minutes. You know, they did the 20 seconds of burst, 15 seconds of rest, and a nice long rest of one minute. So from beginning of workout to end of workout on this fancy fucking bike, it was only nine minutes. Obviously, that's really short. We'd, you know, we'd want to test this with, you know, what's a 15-minute workout do? What's a 30-minute workout do? What's an hour workout do? And and then obviously doing it not not on bikes, but also doing testing it in you know resistance training and sprinting and all these different things. But keep in mind there is specificity to this this study because these nine minutes of of testing were very similar to what a judo competition would be. So that's your specificity. These were judo athletes, so they were testing it in something that is similar to what their competition um, would be, and that's nine minutes. So. Even though it's very short and we'd want to see it in different time spans, you can understand why they wanted to use nine minutes in this study. Another limitation was that it was a very short loading phase. So and when I say loading phase, what I mean is that the athletes were taking arginine before the actual testing and before they were, you know, giving blood and, and seeing how they perform, which was only three days. So once again, maybe you'd want to see, you know, what six days look like, what's two weeks look like, what's a month look like. Maybe that has some kind of effect. You never know. And my final limitation I wrote down was that it was only six grams of arginine. Now, keep in mind, you know, this may not be a limitation because the prior study with marathon runners, once again, they were using 15 grams of arginine and they saw jack shit results from it. And then once again, it, it, is this really a limitation? I pose that question because most pre-workouts won't even have six grams. So who gives a shit what, what they used in this if you're not going to get that? Um, through a pre-workout that they market as high arginine levels, then you're dead in the water anyway. So that's it, guys. That's episode four right there. 22 minutes I'm sitting at right now. Um, I thought it was a good topic. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It kind of proved what some of us kind of know about arginine and supplementation that a lot of you know, supplementation is just, it's all marketing and it's all smoke and mirrors and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the world we live in today. Um, because of FDA regulations, nothing really has to be proved, but this is, like I said at the beginning, I wanted, I wanted to use this study because it's a cornerstone study. That's, that's referenced in a lot of different places, even though it's already eight years old, but it's, I thought it was interesting. I hope you guys enjoyed it, but remember, this is just one side of an issue. It's one side of an argument. Um, if you do your own research and you expand past this study, you'll find hundreds and thousands of other studies and articles that support what this study found. And then you'll find just as many, just as many on the other side of the fence that go against it and contradict it. But at the end of the day, I just want to have an open discussion. I want to pull out one study 
talk about it, give you something to think about so you can decide whether it can be applied to you, your athletes, your business, whatever it may be. So until next week, next week is episode five, which will release next Sunday, as I like to release these on Sunday. So you have something to to start your week off right with. Um, in the meantime, uh, I implore you to go over to defyinggravityperformance.com, read some articles over there. Uh, you can message me if there's any topics you want me to look into or you want to pose a question or tell me to go fuck myself. That's fine. Um, but go over there. That's how you can get a hold of me. So remember, defy limitations. God bless America. <laughs>